Amen. Amen. Well, you can be seated. And I have had such a crazy good time in this series of talks so far that we're calling Set Apart. Can you say that with me? Set Apart. It's been such an amazing time in the series. The past two messages that our pastor has preached has been absolutely incredible. And what we're believing in this time together is that as we immerse ourselves in how God has set us apart, that it would shift our perspective to a place where our actions, we got to get this, shift our perspective and our thoughts and our way of life to a place where our actions are lining up with the fact that we are a people set apart by God. It says in 1 Peter Verse 2, 9, one of my favorite passages in all of Scripture. It says, but you are a chosen race. It says in some translation, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. Why? That you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. So we are a people chosen by God, and we are a people set apart by God so that we can proclaim his glory and walk in his will that we may live in the fullness of what God has for you and what God has for me. Romans 1.1, our key verse for this series, Paul opens up this letter to the church at Rome. And I love the way he starts it. He says, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle. Can you say this last part with me? Set apart for the gospel of God. Set apart for the gospel of God. And we've said it throughout this series, but our prayer is that we would see God more clearly. That we would see who we are in him that we would receive his word and that we would walk into our daily lives shining that marvelous light of Jesus to the world as we become who God says that we are and that is a people set apart for his purpose. I don't want to I don't want to spend too much time on introduction this morning, but I do want to tell you that this is probably, definitely, probably going to be the shortest message that I've ever preached. And I kind of struggled with that. I kind of struggled. I said, God, I need more content. God, I, God, I need more to, to give to your people. God, I, God, I need, I need more for this message, what I have isn't enough. And, and, and I just felt a peace come over me. And, and God began to speak and say, no, you give them what I give you. You give them what I give you. And what I've given you is enough. What I've given you is enough. So is it okay if we jump right into scripture today? It says in Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 12, and, and we're reading from the NLT for this passage. It says, you have been what? Set apart apart as holy to the Lord your God. And he has chosen you from all the nations of the earth to be his own special treasure. 
Man, I love the way that this translation words this verse. I'm going to read it again. You have been set apart as holy to the Lord your God, and he has chosen you from all the nations of the earth to be his own special treasure. What did the very beginning of that verse say? What's the first word of that verse? You. You have been set apart. Who has been set apart? You and I have. The first thing I want to see this morning, right from the jump, when we're, when we're moving through these talks and talking about being set apart by God, we're not talking about somebody else. We're not talking about you when you get where you're headed. We're not talking about you in 10 years. We're talking about you right now in this moment have been set apart by God. Somebody say he's talking about me. He's talking about me. God wants you to know today that he has uniquely set you apart to make a difference on this planet for his glory and for his fame. Jeremiah, we all know it. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for who? For you. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. The plans he has for who? For me. The plans he has for me. The plans he has for you. The word of God is shouting over our lives today that you have a purpose and that purpose is possible to fulfill because God has set you apart to fulfill it. God has good plans for your life. Not just for somebody else's life. God has good plans for your life. Plans for welfare. And not for evil. But before we can truly experience these plans, we have to resolve to be the people that God created us and set us apart to be. Psalm verse 4, or chapter 4, verse 3, rather. It says, but know that the Lord has what? Set apart the godly for himself The Lord hears when I, somebody say, that's me, when I call to him. God has set you apart for himself. We just read a verse earlier that says, we have been chosen from all people to declare his praises and to place him at the place of highest honor in our lives. So how can we be sure that the Lord hears when we call to him? We can be sure because we are his chosen people set apart for his will. And if we're walking in his will and we're walking in his ways, he will always hear our cries for help. Let's read this verse in Deuteronomy again. 
says, you've been set apart as holy to the Lord your God, and he has chosen you from all the nations of the earth to be his own special treasure. The second thing that I want us to know today, that God wants us to know today through this text, is that you are chosen. You, somebody say, I am chosen. I am chosen. You are chosen. Ephesians 1, 4 says, even as he, what? Chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him. If we're gonna have an accurate view of how God sees us, if we're gonna have an accurate view of how God sees you and how God sees me, we have to understand that we have been chosen by God to do the thing that he destined us to do and to be the the person that he destined us to be. Here's the truth. Here's the truth today. God has destined you, chosen you, and set you apart to do something much greater than what you're doing right now. But pastor, I'm living for God. I'm moving in my calling. He's still calling. God's got more for you, church. God's got more for you to experience than what it is that you're, God's got a fuller measure of himself for you to experience than what you're experiencing right now. Romans 8, 29 says, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined what? To be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. What does this mean? What has God chosen me for? What has God chosen you for? He's chosen you to be conformed to the image of Jesus. He's chosen you to be conformed to the image of his son. God chose you to be the light of the world. God has chosen you to live a life that looks like Jesus' life so that you can see people drawn to God just like Jesus did. Let me say that again, because I don't think you got it. God has chosen you to live a life that looks like Jesus' life so that you can see people drawn to God just like Jesus did. God didn't create you to be a stagnant Christian that just shows up to church on Sundays and is content to let everyone else do the witnessing. God chose you and set you apart to be his witness to everyone you come in contact with every single day. To the sick, you're a witness. To the hurting, you're a witness. To the one that doesn't believe in God, you are a witness. And you're a witness, not just by the words that you speak, but more so by the life that you live. You are a witness by the life that you live. You're a witness by how you walk through your day. You're a witness by how you step into your workplace. 
You're a witness by how you treat your wife. You're a witness by how you treat your husband. You're a witness by how you treat your kids. You're a witness by how you treat your friends. Man, let me tell you something. You're a witness by how you treat your enemies. You're a witness. And when you begin to witness, you'll not only see the miracle working power of the Spirit of God begin to move in those around you, but you'll see the miracle working power of the Spirit of God begin to move in yourself. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are His workmanship. We are His workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And the beauty of this is that when we begin to walk in these good works, we begin to see God change the world through us. And then we begin to see God change us by his power. Our lives shift. (laughs) When we become conformed to the image of Jesus, our lives shift from being all about us And our concern becomes, I want my life to look like Christ. I want my life to look like Jesus. Let's read this passage one last time. It says, you have been set apart as holy to the Lord your God, and he has chosen you from all the nations of the earth on special treasure. The last thing I want you to see this morning is that you have been set apart as God's special treasure. You are God's special possession. You are God's chosen people. You are his holy nation that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. There's a monster truth that we've got to lean into this morning. And it's that no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, and no matter where you are right now, you matter to God. You matter to God. You don't just matter to him. He calls you his special treasure. You are his special possession. Our our pastor in our midweek gathering, which if you're not coming to, on Wednesday nights, you need to find a way to get your behind into this place on Wednesday nights. Because God is tearing the house down. 
our pastor is, is teaching through Ephesians right now. And man, he's, he's bringing words that are as good, if not better, than any word he's brought on Sunday mornings. But he, a few weeks ago, he shared something out of Ephesians that absolutely wrecked my world. Absolutely changed the way that I think. And it falls right in line with what we're teaching today. So I want to close by sharing it with you. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18, it says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. Get this. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. What do we just say there? We always read this passage as we have an inheritance that comes from God. And we do. Our inheritance is His promises. Our inheritance is His goodness. Our inheritance is eternity. But that's not what this passage says. It says, He has called you the riches of His glorious inheritance. This passage is speaking over us today and letting us know that you are Jesus's inheritance. You are the inheritance of Jesus. You want to know how much you matter to God? You matter so much that he hung on a cross so that he could inherit you. You matter so much that he died the most brutal death so that you could become his inheritance, so that you could become part of his family. Because of his sacrifice on the cross and because of the blood that poured down and because of the resurrection. Christ has inherited the church and not just inherited us. It didn't just say the riches of his inheritance. It said the riches of his glorious inheritance. As we stand to our feet. He calls you his inheritance. And the wonderful thing about God today is that he's inviting you into his story. God's inviting you into his story. God's saying, I want to inherit you. That's so good. That's so good. God's saying, I want to inherit you. And there's one way we get there. 
And that's by that cross. By saying, Jesus, forgive me for what I've done wrong. I recognize that I'm a sinner and that there's no way for me to get to God other than Jesus. So I make Jesus the king of my heart. I make Jesus the king of my life. I make Jesus the song of my soul. I'm his glorious inheritance that I may declare his praises and walk in his marvelous light.